Um, so grab one of those. We have one of the signups. We have a group of guys that run on Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Sounds appealing to most of you, I'm sure. Uh, we meet down at trolley line at the parking lot, get on the rail trail. And it's for all, like, it doesn't matter if you like to run or you're a beginner or you need to run or whatever. There's all sorts of different levels. We are training for, some of us are training for either a 10K or a half marathon at, in the end of March. And so sign, if you sign up and put your cell phone number, I'll put you on the, on the group text. And then you can show up or not show up as you wish. You, look, you guys look really excited about that option. We are also going to be starting a basketball open gym here in this room. Um, I'm still figuring out some of the dates, but it's either going to be the first Wednesday night or the first Thursday night of the month. So we have a couple weeks until that starts. Andy Stevens, is, he's got the, the one. Look at that hoodie on there, the Giants hoodie. Hey. So Andy's going to be leading that. Um, if you give your, your name and your cell phone number, we'll text about that. I think it's going to be the first Thursday of every month, but I need to make sure that that's going to work out. And so um, if you are interested in playing basketball, just some open gym, some, some playing, uh, then we'll do that as well. Uh, also, and I'll talk about this. This is our topic for the morning, so I'll talk more about it. But uh, on Monday nights... We call this, see the, the dark corner, that room, there's a, upstairs is a room that we've refinished. It's a really nice room. We call it the upper room. Um, it's kind of funny, I think, the upper room, maybe. I don't know, maybe it's not funny, but we will have a, a Bible study on purity. And so that's going to start on Monday nights, January 30th. Jonathan and I are going to lead that. If you're interested in helping lead it, we're still figuring out the, what it's going to look like. Uh, but in response to what we're just about to talk about, we thought we need to have a Bible study, a purity class. Um, and so that'll start on Monday nights, January 30th at 7 p.m. And so you can sign up for that as well. Uh, if you haven't met George Cattell, a, couple pe a lot of people have asked, who's George? Who's George? George, George, who George is, he helps us with our servants projects. Uh, so when we do like a construction project or... We're meeting some physical needs of someone in the community. We've partnered with an organization called Servants, um, and George has kind of been our point person with them. And so you guys are, it's, when is your project coming up? February 4th, and they're going to be helping a lady in her basement. He's got a full team of people um, for that project. But as, I mean, we want to continue to be meeting physical needs, and so... There's George. You asked me on a Sunday morning, and I don't know where George is. Now I see George. So meet him. If you have an interest in that kind of ministry, fixing or building or repairing, uh, go talk to George, and we're going to continue to put things on the calendar for that. Uh, thanks to our breakfast crew this morning, Denny and the guys, uh, Devin. Uh, it was a wonderful breakfast, and so thanks for getting up early to do that. Um, just if you're new to breakfast, we, wanna, we want it to be an hour. We want to get you out at 8.30. We want to have a time of fellowship. We want to enjoy some food. We want to have some teaching. And then we close the mornings with times of prayer at your table after the, the teaching. Um, and when you're done praying, you can hang out, but then you're free. You, you can get out. 
we do need to set up uh, for the, the well, the student ministry in this room on Sunday nights. That clear the table. Devin's going to kind of lead that effort uh, at the end because I'm going to be gone. Let's pray and we'll start our discussion. Father, thanks for today. It's a, it's a beautiful day. We're thankful for today. We're thankful for our families, our kids and spouses, if we have them at home, and for the blessing they are to us. We're thankful for this church and this room and for the food that we've been, been able to enjoy and so many blessings. We're thankful for your mercy this morning. We wake up, it's a new day. Your mercy is new. Your grace is new. And God, I pray that you help us as we grow as men, um, that you would shape us and convict us and empower us to be the leaders that you've called us to be. And so, God, we pray that you help us as we talk about purity, as we talk about uh, what this looks like for us as men. I pray that you would work in our hearts, that we'd be free. Uh, we'd be free from lust, from, from pornography, and from being trapped. And so we give you our time now as we think about this. This is a real issue, and I pray that you would help us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So this morning our chapter is chapter 2. Uh, uh, it's the discipline of purity. And if you got to read it, and it's okay if you didn't, um, I thought R. Kent Hughes did a, a, did a really good job. Uh, David and Bathsheba took a play out of my playbook. Um, we will be talking about David and Bathsheba here, I don't know when, at some point this year when we get to it in 2 Samuel. Um, so I'm not going to talk about David and Bathsheba this morning, um, but as I was reading the chapter, uh, the, the very beginning, and I was reading about TV channels, and I was reading about perfume and cologne, I thought to myself, I wonder when this book was written. And so I flipped to the front cover to see how long ago he would have written this chapter, and I saw uh, that the first edition of this book came out in 1991. So that would be, what, 32 years ago that he wrote the chapter, Discipline of Purity. Not much has happened in the last 32 years when it comes to the challenge and the war that we fight against purity, right? That's a joke. Think of all that's happened in the last 32 years, the main thing probably being this right here, this phone, that I would venture most, most men in this room right now have some sort of a smartphone. And so uh, I just thought it, it was interesting reading the chapter from that perspective, that this was written a long time ago, yet the truths of this chapter still ring true. It was the quote um, on page 33 that I thought was pretty sobering. Uh, underneath the bullet points. I'll put it on the screen if you don't have a book. He says, sensuality is easily the biggest obstacle to godliness among men today, and it is wreaking havoc in the church. 32 years ago, he wrote this statement. And guess what, guys? He wasn't wrong. He was not wrong. The havoc has been wreaked. The havoc has been wreaked. We are losing. And I don't know what kind of forethought he had or what kind of, 
how he saw into this, but, but we have lost and we are losing. And we're losing our families. The church is lost. And, and this, is, this is the core of the obstacles for men being who we've been made to be as, as leaders in our families and in our churches and in our communities. Uh, this, this obstacle that he says is the biggest obstacle to godliness. It's bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and it is an obstacle. It is what's keeping us from being godly. Um, and I, I, I think this, fo- this phone right here, it's this. This has been the key, the difference But in the last 32 years. It's not television or commercial. I mean, that's still there, but like that's a much, it's crazy that that's now, that hasn't changed the TVs and the commercials. That's gotten worse, but it's not nearly as big of a threat as this is uh, today. You know, I was looking at some of the statistics, and, and I'm not, I don't like statistics, but it is alarming. I shared this with the elders right up there this Wednesday night. Some of the statistics over the last couple of years, because some of the statistics in the book, they're a little bit dated. And we're not getting better in this, this area of purity. We're getting, uh, we're getting worse. So there was one men's ministry that did this nationwide survey or study for Christian men who look at pornography. And they found that 64% of Christian men admitted to viewing pornography at least once in the last month. That's not going to work. That's okay. 64%. And you know what the non-Christian statistic was, which was interesting? So non-Christian men who look at the same study, but it was, they just compared it. You want to know what that percentage was? 64% of Christian men? 65%. 65%. And, and of the 64%, so that's not much better. It's not as good as you, you, I mean, it's not surprising, but you would hope that Christian men are drastically looking at pornography less than the non-Christian men. And, and of the 64%, the study came out and said that half of, the, of that 64%, a majority of the 64% looked at porn in the last week, several times a week. Um, and then of that 64%, 18% of that group of guys, so this would be 21 million men, they said, were addict, would say that they were stuck or addicted in their, in their viewing of pornography. And again, it's not surprising. I, I said this to the elders. I said, I, I think the 64% would describe our church. I, I don't think we're like an anomaly. I would say, if I had to just guess how we're waging this war at Mount Calvary Church on a Sunday morning, I would say, I bet 64% is right. If anything, it might be a little low of men who've looked at pornography in the last month. And then you start looking at the numbers for the generation before us, the Gen Z, college students, uh, as you would probably guess, it's not good. There was another study of college that done for Christian college students who are involved in Christian ministry. So, like, engaged, involved, leading campus ministries. 89% of these young Christian men said, I've looked at porn, I look at porn occasionally. 89%. 61% of that, that group said they look at it weekly. 24% said we look at it daily. 51% would say they were addicted. This is 
the future church leaders, our future fathers, future husbands. I mean, these are men who are involved in campus ministry. And it, the numbers, they are staggering. I am reading these statistics in my office, and I am completely overwhelmed by the numbers. A half of all eighth graders have looked at porn. So what's porn? So something on the television or on your phone or videos of, of, of women, videos of, and it gets worse and worse, and I'll, I'll share a little bit more about how this digresses, but uh, X-rated sites of women on your phone or the television. So if I'm on a sports channel and then all of a sudden something's streaming I shouldn't look at, that's not considered porn? No. Nope. So the, 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 one of the biggest porn sites came out in 2019 during the pandemic and, and gave some statistics of how many people viewed their site in the last year. 42 billion visits to their site. One in every four Google searches is for pornography. So we're not talking, we're not talking you're watching sports and a commercial comes up. We're saying you are Googling and searching for pornography. Um, and I think you compare it to 21 years ago, because that's what I kept doing. It's more available. It's anonymous. You can do it on your phone. Nobody will see it. And it's, it's free. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. And so you start to get, again, you look at the statistics. And in my experience as a pastor, I was a youth pastor for eight years. I've been here for almost five years. I think the numbers are right. In just my, in my experience working with men and high school students, uh, I, don't, I don't think the numbers are off. Um, and so what we're finding is we're starting to see the impact of, of looking at pornography. Um, and this is what I've been sharing on Sunday mornings. Bad reasoning leads to bad choices, which lead to bad outcomes. So bad reasoning, bad choices... But listen, and we all know this, guys, bad choices have consequences. And so what we're seeing is, is that, that consuming pornography, X-rated sites on the Internet, uh, is having a negative impact. It's, it's having a negative outcome in <clears throat> every area of our lives, physically. What, and and I, I, I sometimes assume we know this, but... <clears throat> You know that pornography has a physical impact on your brain? That, that God wired? There's a whole lot of studies coming out on this. Not just in the Christian circles, but in, in all circles. Because I think people are starting to realize consuming pornography, is, it's just not good for you. And it's not healthy. And so this is coming out. Studies are coming out in the church and outside of the church of how, of how pornography really messes with your brain. Because what happens is, is God wired your brain, he wired your brain to find sexual gratification with your wife. Like that's how, that's how he made us. And so what happens is, is when we, when we get to do that, when we enjoy that, our brain releases, releases what's called dopamine in our brains. And it's a, it's, it's, it's a reaction to pleasure. And so and what this, is, what this does, by God's grace, this is how he made it, is it causes us uh, to, to want to be with our wives, to want to talk to our wives, to anticipate our wives. We, 
it's this pleasure that God created for us to have with our spouses. And there's a, it's in our brains that when, when we're doing this, there's this release of dopamine. And it's like a high. It's like a high that God made to be. But what happens is, is when we kind of mix in pornography as part of our life, it, re, it, it like unplugs the wires of how God made us and it just rewires everything because now what happens is you are, you are dopamine is being released because of the self-satisfaction that you're producing through pornography and masturbation or whatever, whatever's involved. And so do, dopamine's being released and it's being released by, by multiple times, like not like multiple times a day, as much as you look at pornography. And what, what the studies are showing is that this is having tremendously negative impact because what dopamine does is it causes this addiction. There's a very addictive element to looking at pornography because when your brain releases dopamine, it's this feeling, this, this high that you get, and it draws you to try to pursue this feeling. And what, what's really scary is, is what we're seeing is that there's a, there's a deep, dark hole that What's happening is that, what's happening is that we, our brains were not meant to release as much dopamine as we're trying to have it release. So, so if you're doing this multiple times a day or multiple times a week, several times a week, uh, what happens, your brain isn't meant to release that much dopamine. And so what happens is your brain actually starts to rebel and it, star- it, it starts to become harder and harder to get that, that pleasure feeling that high from looking at whatever you're looking at. And so what the brain does, it makes it harder to have that release of dopamine, which what does that mean? That means you can't, if you're looking at pornography, you can't just look at the same things the same amount of times. You've got to do more. You have to get more engaged or get deeper down the hole of pornography to get that same release because your brain wasn't meant to be stimulated the way that we're stimulating it. And so what we're seeing is it's addictive and it's a deep, dark hole. And when you start going down that hole, you quickly can get, you can get lost and overwhelmed and it, it can become deeper, 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 and deeper. Uh, it's not, shouldn't be surprising. It's having a, a, a major impact on your ability to have sex with your wife. A major impact. Uh, erectile dysfunction was, a, was a, a very small statistic for men under 40 21 years ago, or even 30 years ago. But now it's one in th- th- it, The stat says, uh, for those under 40 who struggle with erectile dysfunction, it's 33%, and it's because of pornography. And it, again, it, it makes a lot of sense that it, it, it's messing with something in your life with your wife because you're, the dopamine's being released in other ways. And so it's impacting how you can uh, have this relationship with your wife. And, and we're not even talking about depression and anxiety and stress, the physical impact of pornography on a man's, on a man's heart and soul and body. Uh, depression and anxiety and stress are, go way up for men who habitually look at porn. Uh, I mean, how do you think? We're, so we're saying bad, bad reasoning, bad choices, bad outcomes. What do you think the bad outcome for the, for the guy who's looking at porn is on your marriage? It's not good. It's not good, obviously. It's not, it's not going to breathe life into your marriage. The percentage of men 
who are likely to cheat on their spouse uh, goes up. It goes astronomically high for the man who's looking at porn. Like you're more willing to, to cheat on your wife if you're looking at porn. And again, this is like, of course, you're already cheating on your wife. You're already cheating on her. You're already being unfaithful to her. So what, what's going to keep you from taking another step? Taking from what you do on your phone to, to, to real life, there's, it's just not, it's not a big step. It's not as big of a step as it needs to be. Divorce triples, the, the likelihood of divorce goes way, way up. And again, this is daunting, but, and this is, but this is the reality. And as I was reading this chapter, uh, well, let me, let me keep going. Spiritual lives, it, looking at porn has an impact on, on church attendance, praying, reading the Bible, uh, your peace with God, anxiety, you're ashamed, you have doubts, you struggle. And so listen, this is overwhelming, but here's the, the point of this morning is, is not to solve the problem, because what I guess I realized this week, and I, I've known, is that this, this is not a men's breakfast that we can come to and have a 20-minute talk and, and fix this, right? This, this, this is more like what we need more than a men's breakfast is we need rehab. We need rehab, like we need accountability and we need, to, we need to study the Bible, and we need confession, and, and this is bigger than a men's breakfast. But here's what I want to say to you guys, and what I'll say to all of our men. There is hope. There is hope for the casual looker, for the one who feels stuck. Like, it doesn't have to continue. And what's cool about the brain, and we're not going to talk too much about the brain, but what's cool about the brain is that, you know, you get in this cycle where you're used to having this dopamine release because of pictures on your, on your phone, uh, and, and it becomes addictive. But what, what we've learned about the brain is that those, you can reset the wiring of your brain. It's called neuroplasticity, and it's, it's a cool field that says you've, you've changed how you receive pleasure through pornography, but what's cool about the brain is that it can go back to how it was supposed to be. Your brain can change back, but it is the hard work of getting off this addiction. Uh, spiritually, there's hope. Maritally, maritally there's hope. Um, the verse that he, he shared in 1 Thessalonians 4, <clears throat> I'm going to put that on the screen. I, I love this passage. I wish I could preach on this passage. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you would abstain from sexual immorality. And that is God's will for your life right now. I don't know about your job. I don't know about where you live. I don't know about, your, I don't know about a lot of things with God's will of the future. And I don't like to talk about God's will of place and some of the things in the future. But I can say for sure, God's will for your life right now is that you would abstain from sexual immorality. Each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor. Not in the passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. That no one transgress and wrong his brother in this matter. Because the Lord is an avenger. In all these things, as we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. 
passage I learned in high school as I struggled with my mind and controlling my thoughts was 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Very famous passage. No temptation has seized you except for what is common to man. No temptation. And God is faithful. He'll provide a way up out of it so you can stand up under it. Like, this is a temptation and this is a struggle. God is faithful. And we can, we can escape it. I like the word escape. There is a way of escape. And this is how God has designed it. And so again, this, I don't mean for this to be kind of a heavy message, but I want to help you. We want to help you as a church, as men. I mean, if we're going to be godly men, this has to be a topic we talk about. And, and he gives some really good principles in here in David Bathsheba. And they are the principles that we're going to be talking about on Monday night. We're going to do a book study. We're going to have accountability. We're going to have confession. We're going to share a story, confess our sin. And, and so I think the reality is, is we can't fix this in a 20-minute breakfast. But hopefully, if, this is you, if you're struggling or you know someone who's struggling, uh, come out on Monday nights on January 30th. Um, you know, the darkness of sin is a really tough place to be. Darkness of sin. Nobody knows. Uh, but it is, it is a freeing thing to come out into the light. So come talk to me or Pastor Jonathan. Just show up on Monday night, January 30th at 7 p.m. We're not having sign-ups. Just show up, um, and we'd love to just walk with you through this. But let's pray, and then we'll have a time of prayer in our groups.